Hi everybody, my name is Michael McTie. I'm a ultra endurance athlete and amateur academic and today you're listening to the Training for Ultra podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Becca Zoltanki. This is the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man, so you keep doing what you do, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey, everyone. It's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? If I could, you know, finish a 50-miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. I'm into okay. I want to feel the pain of running for a long time. Welcome to episode 211 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a great episode. We're talking to Michael and Becca. Michael has extensive background in ultra running. He's done some really tough races. He'll share some of those stories later. Becca is training for ultra. She has not done an ultra yet. Awesome to keep that fresh perspective in mind. We've all we've all basically been there, right? So it's it's fun to hear her perspective on things. It's a fun episode. Big shout out to you Patreon supporters. You've heard this episode. You get a sneak peek at most of my episodes. Couldn't do this without you guys. Really appreciate your support. Big shout out to Exoskin. If you haven't already, check out their toe socks, regular socks, compression gear. It's all super high quality. Check out the show notes for the best coupon available for Exoskin. They've been a huge supporter of everything I do. Big shout out to Tannery Outdoors. As runners, we spend a lot of time outdoors in the sun. It's important that we're protecting our skin. Tannery offers clean sun care products like SPF lip balms, mineral sunscreen, thereafter sun restorative moisturizer tannery just launched a new product which is their traditional sunscreen this leaves zero white cast and similar to the mineral sunscreen in that is sweat resistant and packaged from recycled materials this is a great company high quality products definitely check them out check out the show notes for a coupon code for tannery outdoors you guys nailed it Thank you. Thank you. So don't don't be nervous at all, guys. Like this is just a, a conversation amongst us middle of the pack runners. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to have you both on the um, kind of the origins behind having these two on having Michael and Becca on is they participated in that virtual race I had a few months back. And I wanted to make sure to hear more about obviously their virtual race, but I want to hear more about their running, what, you know, what they're doing behind the scenes and just have a new, have two new stories to share with the listeners. So thanks again for joining me on the podcast. You know, I'll kick it off. Becca's most nervous. So let's, let's kick it off to her <laughs> for starters. 
Uh, where are you joining us from? I am uh, joining you from Bonita Springs, Florida. So and Southwest Florida. I think we had a Patreon kind of like behind the scenes conversation and remind me what race, what virtual race you uh, took part of. Yeah. So I was, I am so honored to be part of the training for ultra first ever virtual run. And uh, I was just, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to do it. I have listened to every single one of your uh, podcast episodes that are available um, and I just have eaten them up and, uh, wanted more. And so I've listened to some of them on repeat, um, just on my commutes to work and stuff. So, um, but I did the six hour, um, challenge cause I've never done, um, an hour marker before. Like I've, I've just, I've done races. Like I've done like 10 Ks and, and half marathons in the marathon. And so I'm like, I want to challenge myself to do a six hour. I think that would be super cool. And I really kind of secretively wanted to do the 24 hour, but my husband was like over there shaking his head, like, e -e -e, don't, 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 don't do that. Just, just yeah, start yet. with the six hour. Not yet, but I mean, <laughs> what, what's interesting is I've done, uh, I, I've done a 24 hour event where 20 miles in, I'm like, this just isn't feeling great. Yeah. I don't really care about ultra sign up. This is not going to be uh, one for the record books, but you know, after 20 miles, run. just, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's actually how I approached it and not getting injured being the key to that. But, Oh yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll shift over to Michael. I want to hear which of the virtual training for ultra races you'd signed up for. Yeah. So this is very fitting. I'm tuning in from the psychophysiology lab at the Rochester Institute of Technology in New York. And I actually got started in running through virtual races. And my first experience was with the uh, the great virtual race across Tennessee. And uh, that kind of got me spiraled into the obsession of ultra endurance. And so um, I, I participated in the 5K. I was actually in the middle of a hundred miler, um, Beast of Burden 100. And I was at like mile 95 and i was playing on my phone because i love to play on my phone when i'm in a low and i saw your ad for the uh, for the virtual race and i also love the community i'm a fan of the podcast and the, the tv show the book was inspiring Thank and you. so when i saw that ad i was like oh, i gotta sign up for rob's race and uh mm -hmm. and i signed up for the race in the middle of a race and uh, it was great fun <laughs> <You saw> <laughs> that's next level you signed, up, you signed up for a race in a race <laughs> <laughs> goals <laughs> i mean i might need to include that in like the the intro forever now that's great um and so becca your race i mean i heard before you went out to do your six hour attempt kind of the path that you were going to run and it was very unique uh for yes. for you know I mean, I grew up in Florida, but still, this sounded very, very oh, unique. Oh, did you? Yeah, a few what, years what, in What high part of Florida? Uh, Tampa. Tampa for okay. 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Um, nice. I mean, tell the listener a little about uh, how yeah. how you had uh, little... planned this and if there were any kind of oddities or abnormal uh, type trail, yeah, so... trails you were going to cover. 
Yeah, so for sure it did not go as planned. Um, but hey, isn't that what life is all about? You know, isn't that what running the adventure of running is all about? Just kind of go with the flow and 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 see where it leads you. Uh, but I'm telling you, <laughs> it did not go as planned uh, for sure. So I I chose um, for my destination. I chose Shark Valley. Um, which does not have sharks at all. It doesn't, um, there's nothing to do with sharks. Um, it actually is in the um, Everglades and uh, it's an it's Everglades National Park. It's actually technically in Miami-Dade County. Um, but um, so we just, you know, get on and we just, you know, head down towards the Everglades as far as you can go pretty much. Um, and there's the national park there. So um, it's basically essentially a 15 mile loop on blacktop. And um, on either side of the loop, there are um, large ravine type ditches um, that are just marshy swampland uh, of the Everglades. And um, there are just swarming with gators um just um you know and when i say swarming i mean you cannot go 10 feet without seeing a gator um there's just there are just so many and they are so used to um people they're like domesticated almost not really but um they're they're just used to people being around them that they will lay out across the blacktop and just sun themselves and just look at you like what I'm not moving. And we're like, okay, you don't have to move. That's fine. Uh, I'll move. (laughs) So, uh, so I chose to go there, um, to do my, to do my, um, I was hoping to do 32 miles. That was my goal. (laughs) And, uh, so I, I, um, planned everything, laid my clothes out the night before I was going to get up on a Saturday, the Saturday of the race. And I got up and I'm like, everything's cool. Everything's going well. And then my husband realizes that his bike that he was going to take, cause he's my crew. Um, so my husband's guy, uh, he has, he's a cyclist, um, you know, amateur cyclist. And so he has a, you know, a, a bunch of bikes. Um, <laughs> we, we have literally like bikes hanging on every wall in our house. Um, and he's always just messing around with bikes. So he's my crew, um, for everything. Um, and so he'll, he'll carry the water, he'll carry whatever on his back, you know, and just have like a backpack with every, all my supplies. And so he was going to bike with me and he realized, oh, shit, I have a flat tire. So we had to make a pit, you know, pit stop, get an extra tube, extra tire, all that shit. So anyways, we, we have, we go to Walmart cause that's like the, on the way, that's like the last like civilized place that you can go, uh, to get things before you hit the Everglades. And then, uh, so we stopped in Walmart, which bad idea Saturday morning, do not ever go to Walmart. Um, just don't do it. And so I'd say it doesn't matter what day it is, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So needless to say my, uh, the park opened at eight 30. Um, my plan was to be there at eight 30, start running. I have six hours. I can, you know, you know, take my time, do do what I need to do, log the miles, get it done. I didn't end up getting there until like 12:30. So, I'm pushing it on time anyway. Um the park closes at 6 p.m. and I'm trying no, 6:30. It closes at 6:30 and I'm like, okay, I can do this 6-hour thing before it gets dark cuz I have, you know, around here it gets dark and the Everglades around 7:30. So, I'm like, okay, I have 
plenty of time. I got this. We can do this. So it started out good. We were, you know, doing our thing. I was, you know, I kind of hit flow at some point and just, just put my music in and just did my thing and just, you know, chilled. And so we got to like halfway point is seven and a half miles, basically. It's like seven miles. And so there's like a lookout tower there. That's like, um, you know, it's a big touristy attraction. People usually take a tram, uh, you know, pay to like ride on this tram. But, you know, my husband and I, we've always just cycled it. Um, so anyways, I was halfway there feeling good, you know, stopped, got it back, took whatever, refueled a little bit and kept going. So the other side of the path is a lot longer. It's like, um, you know, cause it makes up 15 miles. So it's, a, it's, it's basically six one way and like, uh, or like, I think it's like, yeah, it's like six one way and then like eight, nine. eight, another, something like that, nine, yeah. something like that. Anyways. Um, so the second part is like, there's no shade, there's no trees. There's it's, it's just like brutal sun, uh, on a blacktop. And it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's the most boring part of the run. <laughs> I'd rather do the first part twice, um, which is what we ended up doing. But as we're on the second part, so everything's going pretty well, you know, pretty smoothly. We're on the second um, part of the loop. And I look over to the first part of the loop because you can, you can literally see Cause it's just flat. It's just, there's just, it's so flat and you can literally see the first part of like where the loop is and it's just pouring. I look over there and I'm like, Oh shit, it's not supposed to rain today. I mean, there was like 11% chance of rain. And so I look at my husband and I'm like, what are you going to do? And he's like, okay, well it's not raining over here. It's just, it's super sunny. It's great. By the time we get back over there, it'll probably stop. So that's exactly what happened. By the time we finished the loop, the second part of the loop, we got back around to the first part and we're like, okay, we're going to start it again. Um, <laughs> so we start the, 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 the loop a, a second time and it's a 15 mile loop. And so I'm like, if worse comes to worse, we can just backtrack the first part of the loop and go back out to the park and get in the truck and leave. Um, so anyways, it, the sky just opens up and it just starts pouring without any notice, any warning, nothing. It just starts pouring on us. And so at this point, we're halfway through the first part of the loop again, and it is just wall to wall, just rain. You cannot see in front of you. So my husband being prepared as he is, pulls out the ponchos. I'm like, fuck it. I don't need a poncho. I was so mad at this point. I was like, I was done. I was like, what is, it, it didn't call for rain. I'm done. I'm like, I don't need it. He's like, put the damn thing on. I'm like, okay, fine. So I put it on. I'm already wet. I'm already soaked at this point. Since it is just, it's thundering. It's lightning it is just a complete thunderstorm out of nowhere. It just gets dark. And we're in the middle of the Everglades and I'm looking at the sun. I'm looking at the sky. I mean, the, there is like, the sun is like non-existent at this point. And I'm like, okay, we have five miles to get back to the entrance of the park. And we're a mile out, at least a park outside of the, of the, of the parking area. So I'm like looking at my husband and he's like, oh, and, and to top it all off, 
when we got back around to um, the end of the loop the first time, we took a little break and I refueled. So he had to ride his bike to the truck, get the supplies out of the truck and come back, which no, no problem. In that amount of time, his shoe breaks. <laughs> he, they're old skateboard shoes that he had since he was like in high school. And for some reason he thought, yeah, these would be a great idea to, you know, put these on, you know, when my wife is trying to do a six hour, uh, you know, race here. So he is wearing these shoes and they just, the whole sole and everything falls apart, like literally separates. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And so he's like, well, I've got flip-flops in the truck. So he comes back with flip-flops on a bike. So needless to say, it is now pouring rain. It's pitch black in the Everglades. And I'm like, what are you going to do? I am pissed because I. It's good training. I'll tell you what this. Exactly. Th this uh, no race ever goes according to plan. <laughs> I mean, and you can have fun with it because stretch it out longer and longer and more things go awry, more problems compound. And uh, I mean, I'm impressed. Did you end up seeing any gators like close calls it's dark the rain probably okay, scared a lot of so, them off right like did you have so, any close close yes. gator encounters so here's the thing that i found out and i did not realize before this experience so the whole time i'm running there are gators like within a foot of me like i have a picture of my shoe and a gator's face <laughs> Whoa. And this and and the same shot. And so they're just laying, just sunning themselves, just laying on the side uh of your of the path. And so as soon as the thunderstorm hits, and I look at my husband and I'm like, okay, we literally have maybe 45 minutes to run five miles back out of the park entrance. And he's like, I have flip-flops. You realize that, right? The thing is I, I just booked it when, it, when, it, when, it, when I saw that it, when it started pouring, I just took off. I was like, he's on a bike. He's fine. He can take care of himself. I just started running. I'm like, I do not want to be stuck out in the Everglades on a blacktop where I can't see the path where there's gators on either side of me when it's dark. And so I told my husband, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to take off. And he was like, okay, fine. And then after a while he was calling for me uh to stop he's like i cannot drive i cannot ride my bike that fast in the pouring rain when it's dark and in flip-flops um and he said i think i'm going to call that um the the park ranger that i saw earlier so ironically there was a national park ranger that passed us an hour before it started pouring and he said the park is going to close soon are you guys good? And we said, yeah, we're going to go. We're just going to keep going the loop because I was determined to finish 32 miles regardless. Um, and so he said, okay, well, the park closes. And we said, well, we parked outside of the park. We're good. And he said, okay, you're, you're on your own. <laughs> you're, 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 luck, you know, <laughs> at this point you're on your own. So what you choose to do is up to you. And I'm like, okay, you know, I got this, whatever. When I put my mind to something seriously, like there is little that can change it. 
Um, and so I was determined to get 32 miles in six hours. I'm stupid. So anyways, I <laughs> just told this guy, uh, in the state troopers, you know, uh, park ranger truck, I'm good. We're good. See you later. And he said, you're on your own. And my husband's like, I'm going to call that guy. I'm going to call the, I'm going to call the police. And I'm like, no, you're freaking not going to call the police. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got this. We can, we can run five miles out of the park in pitch black darkness. What I didn't realize was that alligators sound just like frogs when they croak at night. And I thought they were frog. I said, are those frogs? Are those frogs? What are those? And my husband looks at me and goes, yes, they are frogs. (laughs) They were not frogs. They were, they were gators that were croaking at night and they were loud as shit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I ran. Oh my God. It was you, awful. You PR so your 10 K in or whatever it was like. Yeah, I did pretty, that, that I definitely negative split that, uh, the, I, I literally only did 26 miles in negative six hours, <laughs> but I negative split that one because <laughs> I, uh, was, a, was scared to death of the gators because deep down inside in my brain, I knew I knew those were the gators talking to me. <laughs> I mean, so you told me what you were going to go out to do, and I was like, please have someone else <laughs> with you. So no, what you I'm said glad. is, I'm going to have you sign a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said you're one of those. You're one of those uh, race participants that needs a waiver, you're, aren't you? You're and the I was reason. Like, no, I'm good. You're, you're the reason you have to sign your life away before a race. <laughs> Um, exactly. So Michael, did you make your 5k? You get it done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so congrats you, on the 26 miles. Um, yeah. I ran 5k on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to keep up with that story, but I had a good experience. Um, you know, it was two weeks after a hundred miler and the body was pretty much recovered. And I figured, well, I want to be involved in the community. And so I'll participate in the event. And I got on the machine. I was just going to run, you know, three, 10 minute miles. And as I kept going on, I just, started to reflect over the past couple of years of, you know, starting with the great virtual race across Tennessee and yeah. getting into 50 K's and hundred milers and just thinking about all the cool people that I've met and people that I've connected with through the podcast. And, uh, you know, that 10 minute mile became a nine minute mile became, you know, an eight minute mile. And I think in the last, uh, probably 0.25 of the five K I was running at a sub six pace, just cruising along to the music. And, and I think I had a good time. I got what I wanted. No, I, I mean, you, you, I mean, both you guys won your, um, your distances or, or times. So congrats to both you and yeah, Michael, it, it means a lot. Cause you had just done a race. I mean, you've done a lot of just wild ultras. I I'm really impressed with everything you've done. Um, and it, it did mean a lot that you wanted to support the podcast and everything I'm doing. So, you know, much appreciated. I got to hear, I want to hear about this snow hundred miler that you did because I can mentally kind of divorce my body from like pain, but this was next level type hundred mile experience from what I could tell. I got to hear more about what you did with that. That was what, a few months back? Yep. So this was an event that took place at the end of January, just outside of Buffalo, New York. And it's a part of the Beast of Burden 200-mile ultramarathon series, which takes place in the blistering summer sun and in the dead heart of winter. And so it's 
two 100 mile races along the historic Erie Canal. It's 12 and a half mile out and back that you do four times. And I participated in the event over the summer and it was effectively the perfect day. Like I had a wonderful day on the canal, maybe one load that just lasted a couple minutes. Um, perfect weather, made a bunch of great friends and finished third overall in the race. And so that was a great day. Nice. And uh, for this one in the winter, it was much more of a logistical challenge. So I, uh, I previewed the course maybe three days before the event. And I saw that there was probably nine inches of snow on the ground. So I knew that was going to slow me down. And just the way that my training worked out was I didn't have any real snow training. Like I had gone out in the cold and I had tested all my gear. You know, you got to wear a face mask and you got to wear ski goggles. And, um, your hydration is going to freeze. Your nutrition is going to freeze. And so you got to have two of whatever you need. My strategy was if if I'm going to think that I need something, I'm going to bring two of it. And so we got out there and, you know, I think it was low single digits at the start of the race. So you got to have toe warmers, you got to have hand warmers, gloves, all these different things. And it's uh, it's a mile down to the bridge and then you cross the bridge onto the canal. And when we crossed the bridge, everybody that was running their 10, 11 minute miles slowed down to a crawl. And uh, for the next couple miles, it was about eight, nine inches of snow. There was an aid station at about the, <laughs> that the is seven. that is wild. That is why. <laughs> yeah, and Eight so or nine there, inches of snow, and it's single digits. So there was a snowmobile that went down through the middle of the course. So there was some section that had been packed down. It was a little bit more runnable, but it was painfully slow. And so you're doing this to close out this kind of the duality of of the hundred that you had taken third in and then is that why you mentally committed to finishing this race i mean because a lot of people would be like you know injury injury probability is so high you can talk yourself out of those situations pretty quickly same with training but so this was one of those events where i could definitely say ultra running is a team sport and i couldn't have done it without my crew so yeah. When I got back from the first out and back at mile 25, the guy who was supposed to pace me at 37.5 was already there. And so I was like, well, he came all this way. I'm not going to drop out now because I was ready to drop at mile 25. Um, after that first out and back, we probably lost about 50% of the, the participants. I think for the 100 miler, we had 40 people sign up. There were only eight finishers, including myself. And for the 50 miler, which had a very generous cutoff, I think they lost about 50% of the participants too. So it was a really hard day, but I was like, well, Clem's here. I certainly can't leave without running with Clem. And I had a, I had a really wonderful team of pacers and crew for the rest of the day. And they, they effectively were the, were the Samwise Gamgees of the event and they carried me. That's awesome. I mean, I've, I've experienced uh, running a 50 K in snow and can you explain a little bit of how you handled hydration? Because I got super dehydrated um, and just I had some chicken broth or soup of some sort that brought me back to life. But it is hard to balance sweating when you're wearing layers, then you got to take layers off. And it's a fine balance. I've never had to do that for 24 hours or not not 24 hours, but 100 miles. I mean, explain some of how you were handling that aspect. Yeah, so it was definitely a logistical game because everything froze before the start gun even went off. And so when we got to 
mile seven and a half aid station in the middle, everybody's uh, bladder packs, tubes had frozen and our hydration pods were frozen shut. I actually chipped my tooth trying to get the top of my pod off because it had frozen so, so far over. But my, my plan was, was to fill up at the beginning of a loop and drink as much as I can in the first mile or two before it froze. And then when I met my crew at the next turnaround, I would swap out my pods and they would thaw it out and fill it up. So I had hydration for, for most of the event and I made sure to take plenty of electrolytes and salt tabs. Um, really didn't sweat too much, but making sure that I had two of everything that I needed was really the right move. And then last quick one on this. And I yeah. do want, I do want to hear about the, the finish, but how'd you handle bonking? Cause I mean, once you, once you bonk uh, and it's that cold out, it's almost game over. Yep. So anytime I stopped to sit for more than a couple minutes, my body temperature would drop and I'd start tremoring, get very, very cold. Um, so objects in motion stay in motion. And I just pretty much try to power walk or try to run a little bit. My crew helped me out. And I have a, a way of dealing with these lows where you've seen them. I post memes on Facebook and um, I make jokes and I try to keep my spirits high. Um Things like that really, really take me a long way. So as long as I can keep my emotions regulated and my attitude positive, I'll keep going. I like it. I'm I'm trying to recall. I think it was Newton. So runners in motion stay in motion. Something I, like that. I, I like it. It's interesting. And tell me about this finish because I was watching a few of your Instagram updates and I was like, yikes, like this this looks hard like what you were doing was stupid hard and tell me about like the last 5k into that finish yeah um so it's not for everybody but i'm a diehard lord of the rings fan and i got to probably mile 95 and I, i met my girlfriend and she gave me my uh you know my music and everything that i needed i was gonna do the last five miles just by myself and uh i was like you know what to do. And so she played Sam's speech from the two hour, two towers where he's like, you know, um, by rights, we shouldn't even be here. And all the great stories, many people had plenty of opportunities to turn back. Only they didn't, they kept going. And so immeasurable tears, um, most emotional moment of my life. And, uh, I probably walked 85% of the last, four miles. The temperature had risen a little bit. So this is Sunday afternoon, effectively two in the afternoon. So the temperatures had gotten up into the twenties or thirties. So I was able to take my face mask off and my gloves off. And, you know, she walked the the last mile in with me and I met one of my pacers at the end and they, uh, the race is called the beast of burden. And so at the finish line, they always play that silly rolling stone song. (laughs) walk for hours and my feet are hurting well i got to the finish line i was i was yelling at the race director to play that effing rolling stone song (laughs) that i could just be over and uh yeah there's a special award for anybody who finishes uh both hundred milers and in the same year and it it was a great day i like it i like it a lot man it's what what got you through the lows like when you were sitting in snow I mean, that is, I've experienced it in Moab and LaSalle's a few times, but it takes a deeper, like, connection to, like, actually want to get up and keep pushing. 
Some, sometimes you're in the snow and you got to move or you'll die, which is kind of scary. Um, what, what was it about that moment and that race? It was so important. What got you up and in, in continuing to push? Well, I mean, I have kind of a complicated history with, um, things we could talk about for hours. And so just thinking about how all those different factors led to me, led me to where I was at that very moment. It was very powerful. And of course, you know, I can't thank my crew enough. And, um, you know, I plan to have silly things to say at certain points when I knew it was going to be hard and that lifted my spirits. But at the end of the day, like ultra running is about, you know, being one step ahead of where I was yesterday. And at that point I realized, you know, how far I'd come and how far I still had to go. I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm super inspired by you. That, that does remind me of something that I worked on, like for the mental aspect of, of training for ultras, it was pre-programming things in my head. Um, so that when I was at a low, I would always tell myself, this is a low, this is only temporary, keep pushing and you'll get through it. Like you got to almost have pre-programmed responses in your brain, ready to go because you need to pull those pull those down and, and replay them in your head when you hit certain situations. Um, it Absolutely. really, it really helps to pre-program responses and practice that to self-talk your way out of lows because prior to that, every time I was in a low, I was like, you know, listening to that inner voice. It was like, why are you doing this? You should be with your kids right now. Like all that kind of stuff. Yes to talk yeah. yourself out of, you know, the low. Yeah. I have songs that help me do that. But for this particular race, the theme of the race was Lord of the Rings. And so when I got to that first turnaround, I had a meme of Gandalf up to his neck in snow and it said, I got 87 miles to go. And that was enough to keep me going. So Rebecca, you didn't, you didn't get your 32 miles in. I got to hear, I know you're disappointed, but Given the circumstances, I think it was very wise not to get 32 miles in and actually uh, live to run another day. And both of you guys actually kind of put yourself mm-hmm. out out there for these two races that we talked about. But um, do you have plans on, on signing up for like a 50K? And I remember Bob Becker talking about how much he liked that area that you went to run in. So there are gators, but it is you know an absolutely yeah. stunningly beautiful area it, bob's the guy who puts on the keys 100 race by the way exactly yeah i i, I listened to that episode twice uh that, that that you interviewed him on and i just thought it was so fascinating and um yeah so uh, i do want to sign up for the keys uh 50k first and then I want to do the 100 miler because I wanted to do the 100 miler um, this year in May, but um, it just uh, it, it just didn't happen. Uh, There's a lot of things, a lot of factors that went into it uh, that that um, just it just didn't happen. But um, but um, I I just want to say uh, uh, really quickly, if I could, um, Rob, Michael, that is just the um i mean like holy shit you're so badass like i I just i cannot run in cold weather and like for for you to run in those you know circumstances it just it just it blows my mind that someone could could do that and like we were experiencing such 
extremes because you were in New York and experiencing like nine inches of snow. And I was here in Florida and the Everglades and just sweating <laughs> profusely. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I don't know. It just blows my mind. So yeah, yeah. I could just piggyback off that really quickly. I think that's, what's super cool about these virtual races. Like I participate in a couple of, you know, virtual races that have several thousand members from all over the world. And so you'll see people running across the desert, across the beach, across forests and, you know, wherever we are in the world, you know, we're still participating in the same task. And I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so honored to be part of, uh, the training for ultra first virtual race ever. And I look forward to many, many, many more wink, wink. <laughs> well, I over ordered medals, so don't worry. We'll have another one. If the Skype had worked out, I'm sitting in my, in my little corner in my room with my medals behind me and proudly displaying oh, cool. um, front and center the training for ultra uh, six hour medal. So I'm so, I'm so, so proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice medal. I'll make an awkward comment. It was the best smelling wood I've ever gotten as a finisher award. So great <laughs> and you can still smell it when you got it in the mail. I yeah. opened it up and I'm like, mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, it smells <laughs> like victory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it's, it's humbling being on a trophy case, like have having that logo there. It means a lot that you guys, are are supporting uh you know all these all these wild adventures and and just trying a bunch of different ways to inspire people like it means a lot uh i do want to hear rebecca hope or rebecca i hope i didn't talk you out of the hundred but i do distinctly remember <laughs> emphasizing like you don't have to rush that distance like yeah. it's a hard it's a very hard distance in fact Running yeah. a 200 miler is, in my opinion, a little less stressful because there's not like these cutoffs that are, are like so onerous and, and the yeah. keys 100 special. And I feel like you're, you're being really smart about not just going after mm -hmm. it this month, you know, just whatever, we'll see how I do like building yeah. up to it smartly and doing some proper training. Cause I look back on my own running and I'm like, why was I in such a rush? Like, and once you get, yeah. I've done like 30 ultras at this point and <laughs> it me it means no difference if I had done 25 at this point. Like it, I'm doing like the matter. Wayne's world like, bow to you right now because like 30 ultras, like, oh my gosh, I just, I want to get to that point in my life where I can say, oh my gosh, I did like 30 ultras. Holy shit. Like, I, that's so cool. I mean, I've also probably signed up for about 40. So <laughs> You know, my, my, uh, my DNF rate as the distances get longer is, is definitely going up, but, um, well, I signed up for a marathon once and then like my friend and I trained and we went on an accidental, like 27 miler in like, uh, like midnight or whatever. Cause it was after work and after work run, I remember like distinctly calling my husband, like in tears saying can you please come pick me up and he's like are you kidding me he's like you have two kids asleep in the bed and i have a tiny little work truck uh suck it up and run back to your truck and i'm like okay okay fine and i just like was like uh yeah but so i as soon as i got back to the house i defaulted down to uh the half marathon <laughs> all good i mean what, what kills me is like 
like a perfect example of DNF, uh, Leadville, a hundred miler, uh, doing 50 miles, pulling the plug. And it's like, so that doesn't count as an ultra. Like, great. Like 50 miles at, uh, you know, that altitude and everything. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I really, um, after, after you get a few under your belt, I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice to start tallying that, but I don't, I don't compare Mm -hmm. it to anything. Like I don't compare, uh, like my finishes to anyone else's. So. Well, and, and, and if if you think if you look at it in the sort in the sense of like a training run, because like when I I was so disappointed that I didn't get my thirty two miles in at Shark Valley, but like when I got picked up in that truck and and he 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 came with like like my my husband called the cops and like I was like no you're not gonna do that and he was like yeah. I'm getting us out of here. We're going to call the cops. We're going to get out of here. It's pitch black. You cannot see in front of you and we can hear gators croaking. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, he called the cops. The cops, uh, called the, uh, the national park, uh, um, guy. And he literally, he came by in his truck and he's like, um, he, he came and picked us up and he's like, uh, can you get in the back though? Because I'm looking for two other people because there's another car in the parking lot. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So we get into the back of the truck and we have these thin little plastic like ponchos on and it's like pouring down rain. And, and this, this like young, like national park, uh, like officer or whatever he is. Um, he's in this truck and I know he does this loop, all the time. Like he could probably do it in his sleep. I, we got in the back of the truck and we were like huddled down and I was like next to my husband. And I was like trying to like cover up my phone. Cause it's got cracks in the screen. And I'm like trying to like not ruin my phone completely, you know? And it's like just pouring, just like, it feels like hail almost. And so I'm like huddled up and he's like, he's like, I know you're disappointed. He's like, but don't be disappointed. Like, like think of this as a training run. And I kind of looked up and I was like, we were literally doing like 90 miles an hour on this loop because this guy was like used to driving it at all hours of the night. And, you know, so whatever he was like used to it. And I was like, you know what this, I have to look at this as like an experience, you know, I have to look at this and I, I can't be mad at myself. I can't be disappointed. I have to just like, look at this as like almost like a training run and say, you know what? who else has gotten picked up in the middle of the Everglades and the back of a national park rangers truck. And, um, you know, this is a place that like the, the, the army wouldn't even go like they're, they, they, they like, they like told the native Americans, like you can have that piece of land over there. We're not even going to go there. So like, you know, if, if, if I could run 26 miles in the middle of the Everglades with gators in the middle of the night and like, get picked up in a ranger's truck like that's pretty sweet i don't know i i have to look at the positive you know definitely interesting story for sure (laughs) i mean i i mean we could i I could have reached out to you know just about any runner in the world and i i think you two are doing uh incredibly inspiring things so i i think (laughs) it's really cool and i can see you um you know getting after 50 K's here very shortly and having a, a ton of success because you have the mental strength. I mean, Michael, Thanks. Michael, I want to hear about one of the best memories of your, cause you've done a lot of races, uh, your best memory from a DNF just to oh, show, just to show <laughs> Becca, like, yeah, I, I mean, 
there's definitely pages of my book that are like talking about getting pulled over on the side of a road, like and having police officers like mind blown uh, that people run for 12 hours. Um, but Michael, do you have, do you have like a DNF story that's, that's memorable to you? Boy, do I. Um, so last summer I attempted Spartan ultra, which is a 31 mile obstacle course race. With monkey bars and mud crawls, barbed wire crawls, all that. And this was probably four months after I did Dreadmill 100. And so I figured, like, I can run 100 miles on the treadmill. So what's oh, 31 gosh. miles and some burpees? And, well, <laughs> I really like to train for, for running events. I came to find out very quickly that I did not like to train for obstacle course races. So my girlfriend and I are going to, like, the Ninja Warrior Gym. And I'm getting destroyed by like these seven-year-olds on the monkey bar. And I was living, I was leaving the gym with like all the skin on my hands like completely pulled off. And I ended up really injuring my back deadlifting because you gotta carry like Atlas stones on these races. And so I could run just fine, but when I started the race, I had really struggled with whether or not I was gonna show up. And uh, I ended up showing up and I could hardly tie my shoes that morning. And <laughs> towed the line for the for the 50k and we got totally lost so i was late to the race and that's a fun way to start yep yep you've been there um so i I run about half a mile out and i'm actually feeling really good and the first obstacle was like a four foot wall which i just leaped over and i was like this is going to be a great day and then the second obstacle was like a five foot wall and i don't know what it was i can't really describe it but as i jumped over i just felt this big tear in my calf and it could have been a calf strain it could have been a tear i've heard somebody refer to it as some kind of injury where like the actinomycin or the muscles get off track but basically i couldn't bear weight on my leg it had swelled up to the size of a balloon and uh my first mile was like 11 minutes and then my second mile was like you know, 22 minutes. And the third mile was probably 45 minutes. So I knew I wasn't going to make the cutoff. And I had to walk up to the, one of the volunteers and say like, you know, I sustained an injury on the course and I'm not going to be able to continue. And so they effectively had to wheel me off the course on quad. And mm. when the guy came to pick me up on the quad, he said, son, I'm going to have to ask you to wear the helmet while you're on the quad. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, you're going to make me wear a helmet. And I had a helmet. And it was, I felt like I was the size of a sunflower seed, uh, probably one of like the lowest moments in sport that I had ever experienced. And they wheeled me off the course and I had to wait for like several hours for my girlfriend to come and pick me up. Um, and then she did the the Spartan 5k the next day and had a, had a great day and she's an obstacle course runner and um, not, not, not a long distance runner, but she just said yesterday, like, well, I think one of these days I'd like to do Spartan ultra. And so perhaps I have some unfinished business with, with that event. And I might have to take that up in time. That's Holy can Can I just say she's a keeper? Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Like seriously, like, like, like she went through that whole Lord of the Rings race with you and like, and then like all the, I mean, like. I, I I think she's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's great. She's a uh, she's an awesome person. Very supportive of the ridiculous things that I do. And what's great about her is that like if I want to run a hundred miles, like that's cool. But if I wanted to be like the best juggler that I could possibly be, like she would probably Aww. support that too. Which is <laughs> that's great. awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Um, I forget even my next question because that was. <laughs> 
Oh, my question was uh, for for the next virtual race. I think we should start off. No matter what distance or time you do, you have to do the monkey bars first. Oh God! Yes. Like you have to find a park. We'll call it like the monkey bar twenty four, or I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Or every 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 hour, you have to do the monkey bars somewhere. (laughs) 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 Called the. I would totally do that. The Michael. I've always Michael wanted to do like, like the beer miler, you know, like that 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 mile run where every quarter of a mile you drink a beer, you open a beer and you drink it, and you have to drink the entire contents, and you hold it over your head, and if it drips, uh, you have to drink another one. <laughs> but then you run. It's like how fast can you run a mile? But every quarter of a mile you pop a beer, and yep. like you have judges that like watch you, and like it's 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 just like it's the mile beer run, and I wanna I wanna host it. And I'm like, I, but nobody wants, nobody wants to run it with me. What's just, I, I have not actually, uh, done that yet or done that, but what bugs me is guys that are on their fourth lap are like legit beating me. If I am <laughs> I know, right? going, I going know. to the track to run a quarter of a mile as fast I as I can in the best shape of my life, like <laughs> stone cold sober like i still cannot hit that pace like that's what that's what disturbs yeah. me with that like it's just but you some know what people Rob, are sometimes, so fast. sometimes oh. it's not about the pace sometimes it's about the distance and like you just don't even know how much i like that's brag I'm about like about. i'm like i'm like no this guy i i listen to all his podcasts like he's freaking awesome like you have no idea he runs 240 miles and like Everybody's just like, what? Like, they're just like blown away. They're like, no, he does. I'm like, nobody can run that far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> I appreciate it. And don't be surprised if like, you know, year or two from now, you find yourself doing things that you never thought yourself capable of. And yep. I hope so. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, you, you have a lot of the mentality of being able to separate your your mind and body and, and hitting flow for all those miles until pulling the plug. So you don't get eaten by gators. Like that's a good idea. That's, that's rational. And, um, yeah, you got to keep your head about yourself. You know, you, you can, I I'm in, you know, you know, original, I'm just like, I have the personality that I'm just like, I'm a kind of a crazy, like, personality like i i'm like oh yeah you want to skydive i got you uh oh yeah you want to just go kayak the whitewater rapids i got you like I, I i'm your person i can do that like i'm just i'm like maybe i'm an adrenaline junkie a little bit but like i kind of like crave those you know i don't know i i i'm <laughs> a lot of people don't know that i'm 40 years old because i don't act 40 i I, I love adventure. I love, I love, I, you know, I, I want to do a hundred milers. So who knows? If maybe one want, day I'll it, do a 240. If you want to do it, you can, it's just setting your mind to doing it, you know, setting, setting that path up for yourself, you know, building up races so that you don't just full blown injure yourself. And I, I truly believe you can do it. So work on the fundamentals, yeah. especially in, south florida like like i always say hydration that leads to nutrition and if your nutrition's on point you're not going to be bonking as much and you can sustain things for much longer so um yeah and i'm still totally figuring out all of that 
you know, all my nutrition and everything. Because when I ran the Miami marathon in 2018, I just ran with water not realizing that like you're running in you know southwest florida you have to replenish your electrolytes you have to replenish the things that your body needs and i wasn't doing that so yeah i'm learning <laughs> exactly i recently ran with a guy who did the the keys 100 he said what took him out of the race was the chafing because it was so humid so that's one thing not to overlook was was the chafing, make sure you got some you know, squirrels, nut butter, sports shield or something like that. Yeah, totally. You only make that mistake one time. Oh yeah. You get like. in the shower and you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Or, or you can like, uh, like for guys, we, uh, yeah, use like band-aids over the nips and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, you make that mistake once and then you, yep. But then, like, three years later, you forget Band-Aids and, you know. Yep. Bleeding nipples aren't fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. That scared me the most, actually, for Moab 240 was the thought of chafing hurts that bad for, like, Mm -hmm. four miles back to my house. Like, how would it feel for 200-plus miles if I start chafing after 30 or 40? Yeah. Can I just, can I just like, uh, gush for a second, Rob, because like, I just, I just, I, I've listened to your book twice through and I'm like, I've started it again (laughs) just cause like, I've, I've, I've listened to every single episode of your podcast and, 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 and some of them a couple times. And I just like, I just, the, the stuff that you put out, it is just it's so informative, but it's so helpful. And just, it, it just, for someone that it has never run an ultra before to listen to your book, it's just like everything that you need to know. Um, you know, and it just, I just want to say real quick though, the way that you like push through the unknown of like, not knowing the outcome of like when, when you, when you were, uh, the whole part of the book, when you were in Charmony and like, the whole, you know, you didn't know if like, uh, if like the drop bag, you know, was if, if, if like you, if they even got it or if they were going to meet you and, and like, I just like, I was just so blown away and just like, oh my gosh, the, the way that you just mentally, you know, compartmentalized and just like, was like, okay, I'm going to stay positive about this. I'm not going to get in the negative. I'm going to push through because it's about something bigger. It's about something more important. And I need to put my own, you know, and you, and you, and you weren't, you weren't doing it where it was risky for you, for you. But like, I was just so blown away by the way that you could like mentally do that, you know? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I wrote that book expecting to sell a copy to my mom. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was hoping my dad would also buy in. So I was oh. like, well, we got two copies sold. Um, cause I mean, it, you can almost like, if you're a non runner, non trail runner, you pick it up and you kind of laugh, like stories from the middle of the pack. Like who wants to hear about that? Well, I was shocked and, uh, I, I didn't expect it to be as popular as it was, but I really appreciate it. I mean, I think when you do something, uh, 
like intentionally going out just to try to help people, not trying to make mm-hmm. money. I honestly, I don't want people to like really know who I am if I show up at a race. Cause you know, mm-hmm. it can be embarrassing. Like if you're yeah. having a bad day or something and 14 yeah. people run by you like, Rob, it's okay. Sorry. Saw you behind the bush there or whatever. <laughs> like that's not, it's not ideal. Like in, it's not a great escape for me if, that kind of stuff's going on, but yeah. um, most importantly, I'm I'm trying to teach people just how to avoid a lot of the problems that I've had getting to running, and I want people yeah. to be able to enjoy this and and have uh, have that experience of some added peace in their life for whatever reason. If if they need some added, uh. Mm-hmm peace and relaxation away from the busy busyness of the world these days like i'm just trying to provide a little bit of guidance but i don't i don't know everything (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i benefited from it it was awesome so i appreciate it so i'll end with one last little question i want each of you to ask each other a question or, or maybe Michael could give Becca some advice and Becca, you can give some advice or ask Michael some questions. He's a wealth of knowledge and he's doing really amazing things. He's forming these amazing groups. And honestly, we could have a whole podcast series probably at this point on a lot of what he's doing. And, and Becca, I know you're going to get there too. Um, But I'll throw it to Becca, like if you want to ask Michael any questions, he's a wealth of knowledge. I, I'd just be interested to hear how you guys can help each other. Yeah, so um so I I just I was so blown away by the the ultra uh race that you did, Michael. And um I just I, I, I think it's so cool the um just the distance that, that you've done. And, uh, how do you balance, uh, how do you balance the, 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 you know, your normal quote unquote life with, uh, with, with running and training and, uh, I, you know, running in snow, I, I just think that's just a feat that, uh, is almost impossible for me because cold weather running is just, it just sucks. Yeah. So there's a couple things I could say about that. First of all, like I'm a graduate student right now, which means I'm busy, but it's COVID. So a lot of my courses over the past two years have been online and I sort of make my own schedule. So if I want to wake up and, you know, run for three hours and then work from one in the afternoon until the late evening, that's fine. So I'm very blessed and privileged to be in a position where I can do that and sort of make my own schedule, which is very accommodating. Um, And secondly, you know, part of my story involves like recovery and coming from places of, you know, addiction and cigarette smoking and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And so um, I'm afraid of the alternatives. So basically, when the, when the pandemic hit, I effectively ran out of my door, quit smoking cigarettes, um, lost my job, and I didn't know what to do. And so it started running and mm-hmm. um, it became a part of my personality. And it's like, I'm afraid that if I were to give up running, then I might go back to that place where I was. And so I make it a part of my personality and I kind of, I have trouble envisioning, envisioning a life without it, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I mean, I, 
I would say that meditation has helped me a lot in finding peace and relaxation and getting away from this, a lot of the stresses of the daily lives we all live and Mm -hmm. having that as a backup because we're runners, we get injured, like things happen. Your body wears out eventually. Like um, you can run for a very long time, but having that as a a healthy outlet's really beneficial for those, you know, for those down weeks when you're injured or, or whatever might happen when you're leaping over five foot, uh, obstacle course things and tear your calf in half. Um, <laughs> that was sorry, bad joke. If I could add one other thing that I do, I, I know a lot of us use these these fancy watches that have heart rate and they collect stress scores. I'm in a in a lab right now where we do a lot of heart rate variability biofeedback, which is very similar to what what these watches do, and it's very meditative. It operates on the same mechanisms. I find that to be profoundly helpful, just focusing on my breathing and watching how that, you know, operates on my sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and just really chills me out. So use, was, use the tools you have. I was talking to a friend uh, just the other day and they're like, like, how long can you live without food? And so, like, you know, the group <laughs> throughout ideas, how, how long can you live without water? It's a little less. And then they're like how long can you live without air and breathing? Yeah. And it's like the most fundamental of the fundamentals. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting. It was really kind of a profound question. And then we changed the topic quickly, but I, those are I conversations agree. that I have with my boys all the time. Uh, I, my, my, my 13 year old son, he wants to be a scientist or either an attorney. So uh, he scores very high on his, science and civics test and so he just he's 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 awesome he's an awesome kid and i he gets his brain and his memory from his dad i can't take any credit for it um but he the 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 conversations the questions that he asks sometimes and and the conversations that we get in are just they're just fascinating and they're and they're very similar to the to to what you were just talking about ralph so i can relate white really enjoyed the time with you to keep inspiring because you really are inspiring others and just really appreciate all the support of the podcast and everything i'm trying to put out there it it seems like it's it's really resonating with you guys and just i'm very grateful and can't wait to hear the feedback from this episode so this will be a great way to to get parts of your stories out there and i'll finish with michael where can we follow you on social and same with becca Yeah. So I wish I had a cool name like Mike can run or run that regression. Now, my name is McTie645, MC underscore TIE645. But you can find lots of running and heavy metal and science content on there. Cool. And uh, you can follow me. Um, I am Becca Zoltanky. That's Z-U-L-T-A-N-K-Y. And it might just be on Instagram. I think it's just Becca Z. Uh, the letter Z 21 um, on Instagram. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That was episode 211. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Michael and Becca for taking so much of their time. Shout out to you, Patreon supporters. Big thank you to Tannery Outdoors and Exoskin. Most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week.